Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited to jump into today's episode. I just wanted to welcome anyone who is new here to the podcast. As you can tell, I still have the She's Plant-Based name. I am going through a rebrand, so I just need to rebrand the podcast. So I'm no longer She's Plant-Based. My Instagram and TikTok is Autumn Clayman. I'm a holistic health coach, also a health and wellness content creator. And yeah, that's a little bit about me. Excited to have you here. If you've listened to the podcast frequently, welcome back. Happy to have you. I really appreciate it. As you can tell from the title, I'm going to be talking about dating, relationships, single life, being in a relationship. So I had you submit questions in a question box on Instagram. I just pulled it up on stories. And so I'll be answering some questions. But before I get into that, I just wanted to share that right now my Body Love course is open until July 8th. Body Love is a course designed to help you unlearn years of conditioning in terms of diet culture, body image, the relationship that you have with yourself, what kind of relationship you should have with yourself. And so as someone who was a frequent dieter, and has been down that path, who has chased diets in order to feel something, in order to feel more worthy or more whole, I was left feeling more empty than ever. And it really is something that disconnected me from my true self. So body love allows you to connect back with your true self. It allows you to help strengthen your intuition, strengthen the relationship that you have with yourself, and really create the life that you want and really help you get on a path to learning how to understand your body, learning how to respect your body, learning how to care for your body. I think that we've been sold these quick fixes our entire life. No diet, product, anything can give you what it is that you're chasing. At the core of it, it's love, acceptance, freedom, happiness, health, The system that we thought was supposed to work, it doesn't. It only disconnects you from your true self. So a lot of what what body love represents are a lot of things that I focus on with my clients. Confidence, self-worth, body image, diet. When I say diet, I mean in terms of styles of eating and really just helping my clients understand their body and what's going to work best for them. So I'll leave a link in the show notes. Again, the course closes this Saturday, the 8th. You get $100 off, so the course is $300. And you get this course forever. It's yours for a lifetime. You can go back to it whenever. And it's really great, too, if you've been wanting to work with me, like doing one-on-one coaching, because it's a much cheaper option. So you'll save around 75%, which is amazing. Also, if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, I do have five spots open for the month of July. All right, now let's get into today's episode because I'm going to be answering a lot of questions and I'm really excited. You guys asked some really great questions, so let me just pull them up. I'll start off with some like really basic ones. Um, So yeah, let's just get right into it. So someone asked, how to put yourself out there and they said they asked another question about like how to date in your 20s so i'm just gonna give my advice on this 
So obviously the first part of dating is that you have to put yourself out there. So how do you do that? What does that mean? What does that look like? I used the apps for seven years. Like I was on Tinder when it was, when it was cool, you know, if you know, you know, um, I had zero success with the dating apps. I did meet one guy through the dating apps. We were in a situation ship type thing on and off for like four years. And my first boyfriend, we actually met through Instagram. So we still kind of met through social media. However, I know people who have met through dating apps and it's been really successful for them. For me, it just doesn't work. So I think you need to kind of get clear on, all right, do I want to be on the apps or I want to be meeting people out? I think you have to have that conversation with yourself because once I got to a point where I was like, I'm so over the apps. I'm over it. I'm done. I'm done with a dating profile. It really allowed me to just put myself out there in the physical world, which I feel like in an ideal world, majority of us want to meet someone out and about because you can read someone's energy. You can pick up on their vibe versus like a date. You don't really find out until you see them for the first time. And then you're just like immediately know or like, okay, I can see this working. So I think that you need to just be open. So let the people around you know. You don't need to tell everyone that like you're seriously dating or you're looking for your partner, but just be like, bring it up to your friends, bring it up to your family because you may never know who they know and who they could connect you to. So be open, talk about how you want to meet someone. I really recommend writing down a list of qualities you want out of a partner so you know what you're looking for this is gonna save you so much time i see so many people they're like i want a boyfriend i want to start dating and i'm like what do you want they're like i don't know so this is gonna help you out a lot throughout the dating process because you're already gonna have this piece of paper that can help you that can help give you direction of course you don't need to follow it to a t but just having some things down on there that are really important. Okay, now that you got the list out of the way, I know I keep talking about having this open energy, being open, really begin to open yourself up energetically. If you're sitting here saying, I never meet anyone, yet you never leave the house, or you turn down every person who asks you out, or people come to you with suggestions and you say, no, no, no. And then you're over here saying, oh, like no one wants to date me. No one wants to help me. No one wants to be with me. You're, you're closing yourself off. And the biggest shift I saw was when I had open energy. So I kept sharing with the universe, I want to meet someone. So that started to happen. Like I went through this period before I met my current boyfriend where all I shifted was my energy and I really just started shifting my mindset around dating and it was crazy my friends were like so many guys are approaching you like I would literally be at dinner and a guy would come up and like ask for my number and I was going on my same walks that I always went on and there was two times where guys approached me and they asked me out and they asked for my number and I would say majority of the time, a lot of guys that were approaching me, I wasn't attracted to them. I wasn't interested in them, but I was always saying like, thank you universe. I see you. You're sending guys my way. Happy. Thank you more, please. 
And I kept just showing appreciation and gratitude towards that. But also, I think another big tip is put yourself out there. Like, go on a date with someone that you may not think that you'd like. Because you never know where it will take you. So let's say you are looking for something, someone's, so let's say you are looking for someone serious. You're not going to find Mr. Right the first date, the first guy. You're going to have to go on these dates and just like date around and get a feel and get a vibe. There's always something to learn from each date that you go on. And you never know. Maybe this person that you're going on a date with isn't your person, but maybe they know your future partner. That's exactly what happened to me. I used to date this guy who knows Alex and I met Alex through him. So you just never know what it's gonna bring you. Also, another thing is begin to hang out in areas you like. Most of us, we don't want to meet our future partner at a bar. That's kind of just like the reality of it. It's going to be a little bit more challenging. I would say go in areas that you enjoy. So I'm personally someone who enjoys health and wellness. I go to breathwork events. I go to yoga. I go to workout classes. I go to workshops. Like I just try to put myself out there as much as possible. Even though right now I'm not currently obviously looking for a partner. I have Alex. We're happy in our relationship. But like that's how I but that's how I network. That's how I meet friends. So even though you may not directly meet your partner, you could meet a new friend at this event who knows your future partner. And so I really believe in like the network effect and really expanding your network because you never know who you're going to meet through these people. Also begin to just ask your friends and your friends' partners if they're in relationships, if they know anyone single, try to go on double dates, like really just begin to expand your circle. Go in it with zero expectations. Like don't go on the date of like this is this going to be my future husband. Just go into it like I'm really excited to learn something from this person. I'm really excited to learn more about myself from this date. You don't have to go into it thinking like wow, this is going to be my potential husband. I think we get so wrapped up in this fantasy and idea. So just go in like feeling a little bit neutral, open-minded. Obviously, you can be excited that excitement's important but i would say just like generally go into each date with zero expectations but i want to make it sound like the apps are all bad so i want to give you some just advice if you are on the apps so really just try to create a profile that really encompasses different aspects and areas of you we love some sexy thoughty photos i have nothing against it But if you're going to post a bikini pic in every single picture, it's really putting out the vibe that you want to hook up. And if you just want to hook up, like no shame, you do you. I've been there. But like if you are looking to seriously date or looking for a potential partner, I would say, you know, having some wholesome photos. So having like a selfie personality pic, maybe something like you doing something adventurous or like you at a pottery class or you at the farmer's market or just doing something that really reflects you having pictures with friends um yeah just begin to show some personality i'd say as far as prompts go keep it lighthearted, keep it fun be witty just don't put anything in there that you feel like 
would be difficult to engage with. Like I remember I would go through guys' profiles. I'm like, I don't even know how to respond to these prompts. I would really suggest picking answers that can open up conversation because obviously that's important. You don't want people to just be liking your profile because I feel like that doesn't get you far. But if someone engages with it and starts to open up conversation, you're more likely to talk to this person and vice versa. So if you see a guy that you like, instead of just like liking their picture, think of something to respond to, whether it's something in their photo or it's something that they said, that is going to, that's going to stand out a lot. All right, next question. Have you ever gotten the ick? What do you think it means? I know the term ick is really big right now. And to me, like my definition of an ick, it's an automatic no. If I get the ick, then I'm just completely fully turned off from this person. So obviously I'm in a relationship and of course there's going to be things that annoy me, but a full-blown ick, I don't think I could be with someone that gives me the ick. I think with X, there's definitely a spectrum, right? Because dirty feet in my bed sheets, like I am the type of person you have to shower and clean yourself before getting my bed. It just grosses me out. I don't want that. Um, like a full-blown ick for me is if he's liking a bunch of girls' bikini pics on Instagram that don't even follow him or he's just like following a bunch of girls who post a ton of thirst traps, it's automatically a no for me. So for me... The ick is a deal breaker. Like once I'm disgusted or I dislike you, it's hard to see that person in a different light. Whereas like there's going to be things that, you know, when you're dating or if you're in a relationship, there's going to be things that annoy you. There's going to be things that gross you out. But is that an ick? Not in my books. Okay, the next question is, got a few questions about balancing out feminine energy, how to embrace feminine energy. So Tips to balance out feminine energy. And then someone said, how to embrace and exude feminine energy. This is a really big topic right now. And I think a lot of us are wanting to, like a lot of women especially, are wanting to lean more into their feminine because I think we live in a very masculine world. And something that I get complimented a lot, which I think is a big compliment, is how I exude feminine energy which I don't always feel like that because I definitely feel like I can be living in my masculine a lot however in my relationship I definitely find myself in my feminine a lot and that's something that Alex compliments me a lot on especially in the early stages of our dating is he just loved how feminine I am and so I just want to give some tips and things that I've learned so for those who maybe aren't familiar with these terms How I like to describe feminine and masculine is the feminine is being, masculine is doing. It's not about becoming like, how can I be more feminine? That's already within you. And I think that we all have our own core energy when it comes to feminine and masculine energy, right? Like you've seen that there are some men who are more in their feminine, And you see some women who are more in their masculine. And these people can either thrive in this place or it's sometimes a space that doesn't make you feel good. I don't think that there's right or wrong. Like, I don't think all women are feminine and all men are completely in their masculine. I think that there's a spectrum. Um, But for me, you know, at a very young age, I've learned to be in my 
masculine. I had to be focused. I had to be structured. I was an extremely hard worker. You know, at the age of 17, I was financially on my own. I didn't feel like I could be emotionally expressive towards my parents at a young age. So I've learned to internalize my emotions and I didn't know how to talk about them. And so definitely have come a long way, but I have found throughout my life, I have leaned more in my masculine. Whereas like, I feel like externally I can look feminine, if that makes sense. After living in my masculine for so long, you know, working two to three jobs while also in school full-time and it depleted my energy just constantly doing and so it really forced me to be in a space that is more feminine and I think a few things that have really allowed me to be in my feminine more is one doing shadow work so turning within looking at my shadow self and working through any emotions, stories, narratives that I have just pushed aside, that still affects me subconsciously. So really working through that has softened me up as a person because I've been able to now look at things that have occurred in my life with grace and peace versus anger and hatred and aggression. Um, which I found myself, I used to be a very angry person. And so that's changed a lot. So doing shadow work, living more in my feminine space. So doing things that are purely out of flow versus structure. Of course, I still have structure, but I always come back to my intuition. So I live intuitively. Like I am the type of person where... Now, like in the past, I used to plan things out. I used to like plan, you know, when I'm going to hang out with my friends months in advance. And now I'm like, I'll let you know the day of. I'm going to see how I feel. So I'm very much in touch with how I'm feeling. And that's where I can act from. Um, Also, eating intuitively has allowed me to be in my feminine more. I really believe that the most important relationship that you have is the one that you have with yourself. And so learning how to be compassionate, loving, kind, respectful towards yourself and not overstepping those boundaries, not disrespecting yourself, not putting yourself down. Of course, we're not perfect and I'm not perfect either, but really just like practicing more self-compassion and self-love because every other relationship that you have around you is going to mirror that then if you have a poor relationship with yourself and treat you with disrespect you're gonna see a pattern you're gonna notice that maybe your friends treat you the same way or maybe the people that you've dated or been in relationships with treat you the same way so i think when you learn how to be your person that's really also going to begin to mirror the relationships that you have but in terms of dating and relationships something that I really try to practice is being in my feminine so just a little backstory like when I was 
you know, dating and when I was talking to guys online, like, I found myself taking the initiative a lot. Like, a guy wouldn't be able to plan a date. So, like, where do you want to go? And then I'd plan it out, the date, the time, the location. And so, therefore, we're already setting the tone for the relationship, right? Like, I'm already in my masculine. I'm the one that's being proactive and giving and... um sharing what we should be doing, etc. And so the man, the guy, is in his feminine. He's following whatever I'm saying and doing. And so we're already establishing what the energy is going to look like from the very beginning. And so how I kind of broke this cycle and this pattern is... Well, one, if a guy is asking me out and he's not making a plan and things aren't being scheduled in, I'm just not going to play that role anymore. I don't care how hot he is. I don't care, you know, if I'm super into him. If he's not going to do that the first date or the first few dates, then I'm just not going to be part of it. And I'm not saying that this has to be the dynamic the entire time, but at least in the beginning stages, I want to see if the man can make the plan. That's just how I want it. Of course, now that I'm in a relationship, of course I initiate things. Of course, there's times where, you know, I'll pay, I'll treat my boyfriend, I'll take him out on a date, like I'll do that. But in the very but in the very early beginning stages, you want to see if this this man is a man. And so it's almost like a test, right? You just want to we're just checking it out. And so when a man shows you that he is in his masculine, you're allowed to be in your feminine. You can be receptive. You can let things flow. You can let things come to you. You can just move with ease and just allow things to flow because he's handling everything, right? You can just like surrender and take a step back and all of that. And so I think in the really early stages, how the relationship looks or how the dating process looks is going to also reflect what it's going to be like being in a relationship with this person. A man gets energy from chasing and going after something. Like you see this in their career. You see this in other areas of their life. So the same thing for dating. Let the man chase you. Do not chase him in the early stages. Because what is he fighting for then? What is he competing for then, you know? And so that is what I found to be really success. That's what I found to be really successful in the beginning stages of my dating experience with my current boyfriend, with Alex. I let him take the lead. I let him handle everything. I let him be the man. I let him call me first and all of that. And then after like a certain point, I was like, okay, like, He definitely likes me. He definitely wants me. And so then that's when I finally like began stepping in and started taking the initiative because men also want to feel desired as well. It's draining to be the one constantly making all the plans and doing all the work and doing all the organizing. Like men want to feel desired too. And that's really important. And that's something even Alex says a lot too. Like guys want to be 
taken out on a date guys want to feel appreciated even if it means just making him something just showing some sort of appreciation especially if he's been taking you out on dates paying for everything picking you up ordering you a car like whatever that it is if you can do some little gestures like saying you know like next date is going to be on me or like buying him a coffee or um you know just doing anything that is coming from the heart and it feels authentic to you so make sure you are giving back i'd follow margarita on tiktok because she gives a lot of great advice in terms of like the masculine and feminine energy but i would say really starting off with yourself really allowing yourself to be feminine with yourself and then that's going to be able to pour into your relationships and in your dating life and if someone if that energy is just not matching then that's not your person then it's not meant to be if that's what you're craving because nothing's worse than showing up in an energy that doesn't make you feel good and showing up in an energy that just drains you and so i think it's also having that honest conversations with yourself i think it requires having the honest conversation with yourself and setting those boundaries and really just trying to date men who are in their healthy masculine i will say i have been able to lean more into my feminine because i'm dating someone that's so in their masculine he's a provider he's a caretaker i feel safe around him he's very logical he's you know disciplined he's absurdive he is expansive and really helps me be more my feminine when you look at successful relationships you typically notice that there's a balance in these energies like you don't you typically don't ever see relationships where both people are in their masculine or both people are in their feminine you typically see relationships that one person is more in their fat there you typically see relationships where one person's more in their feminine one person's more in their masculine so i think you need to identify what place feels best for me because like i said there's women who like to be in their masculine there's women who also like to be in their feminine so what makes you feel good what gives you the most energy and then figure out all right now i need to find the opposite of this right so being very careful of who you are choosing when you do that when you decide to date someone when you decide to get into a relationship with someone do you feel like your energies balance each other out and since we're talking about energy exchanges i think it's really important to bring this up because i used to do this a lot and you know still not perfect but trying to be the role of a mother in a sense of you know not just like providing in caring ways like cooking cleaning like very traditional things but i mean the nagging the questioning the controlling in a sense and i think as women it's really easy to do that whether we've been hurt in the past therefore it's like a way to protect ourselves but i think initially like if you're with someone that you don't even trust then why are you even with this person that was a big question that i had to ask myself like i got into this relationship with my boyfriend because i fully trust him and so 
what I used to do in the past. I used to question everything. I used to stay up until they got home, even though I was just like dating this guy and I'd wait for him to text me. And so, you know, to make sure he's not doing anything sketchy or weird. And now that I'm in this relationship where I fully trust this person and I'm just like, oh, you want to have a guy's night? Like, have fun. That's great. Like, I want you to be around, like, your guy friends. I'm always pushing and encouraging him to hang out with his friends, to do things that interest him, because at the end of the day, you guys are two individuals coming together. And I never, ever, ever want my partner to feel like I held him back in certain ways, whether it was hobbies, whether it was travel, whether it was friends, like, he can travel without me. He can go to another country without me. Like, I don't care. I trust him. And so I think it's having that level of trust and respect for that person, but also not being naive, right? I know some people might be like, what the heck? Like, what are you talking about? But, you know, something that my boyfriend is good about is, you know, if he's out with the boys, like, he'll FaceTime me or, you know, if he's doing stuff without me, like, he is checking in that communication still is there because I also have an anxious attachment style so because I have that anxious attachment style he knows to like FaceTime me to call me to text me and just do little check-ins to make sure things are good and so that's been something that's been really helpful for me and that's also another reason why I trust him so much and so I think with this a lot of people have a hard time letting their partner be an individual or letting their partner do things without them and that just makes you controlling that just can become very unhealthy and so I will say you know majority of the time me and my boyfriend we spend we spend a lot of time together but it's also important that we do things outside of each other because that's what's going to bring us joy and happiness in our life as well so there's more to us than just our relationship like it's just a piece of our life and there's other pieces that make us really happy margarita actually talks about this a lot on her tiktok about this idea of being the mother and you're you begin to just like set up the foundation right of like if you're constantly nagging and checking in and telling them what to do and telling them that's just like not good enough why did you do it like this um why don't you do that and getting upset for that getting upset at them for even doing things that you want them to do so if you know they're not taking you out enough dates and you bicker at them you're like you don't take me out enough dates we don't do this enough we don't do that enough they're not gonna want to do it you have to praise them, you have to give them validation and that's something that I've learned a lot and I notice a really big shift in my current relationship is with that praise when he does something that I like. So let's say he surprises me with something or let's say, you know, on a weekend night he tells me to get ready and surprises me to a new dinner spot. I'll like let him know, like I really appreciate that, like these little moments make me so happy and make me feel more connected to you and so I'm giving him that praise I'm giving him that validation that I like what he's doing men need praise period (laughs) when you tell them 
that you like something that they're doing. And this even goes into dating. It doesn't even have to be, you have to be in a relationship. Um, and that you like something that they did, vocalize it. Like, let them know. Don't shy away. Use your voice. And that has taken me so far in my relationship has, and has made it so successful and has made us both happy because at the end of the day, men are providers. They love giving. Like, my boyfriend... Alex will literally say, he's just like, I love taking you out to eat. Like, I love feeding you. I see how happy food makes you. And I just, I just love buying you food. And so there's men who really enjoy providing for a woman. It brings them joy. It brings them satisfaction. Like, it's not about the money. It's about what it is giving and how it's making the other person feel. I just think a really big thing that I've learned a lot is communicating in a way so your needs are met and his needs are met and vocalizing what you like and what you enjoy and praising him and not being controlling and not nagging because that's just going to push this person away and cause issues later you know, down the road. So just learning how to communicate well is huge, period. So yeah, that's like my advice on the feminine and masculine. I really recommend listening to my podcast episode about feminine energy because I give a ton of tips there, but here I'm talking more about like the energy exchange in relationships. Okay, let's dive into the next question. The next question, it says, Dealing with being the only single girl out of all my friends. People make it sound so bad and sad to be single, but it is the best time. I was always the single friend. I was in my first relationship when I was 22 and, you know, that lasted six months. And then I met Alex when I was 26. I am now turning 28 in August. Enjoy the time being single cherish it, absorb it, live your life to the fullest. My mom gave me the best advice my entire youth and always told me, stay single for as long as you can. Don't settle. Don't get into a relationship in high school. Live up your life because I saw my parents have three kids all under the age of 25. So she had to grow up quickly and I saw how much it affected them mentally, emotionally, and financially. And yes, like I want to acknowledge your feelings because you can feel lonely and you can feel left out or that you feel like you need to rush because everyone else around you is getting into relationships, but those are just feelings. I had friends who were, you know, who were and are serial daters and they're always in relationships because they're scared to be alone. So the relationships that they're in really don't hold much value besides the fact that they are just in it out of comfort. So how are you going to make room for the right person, for their person to come in? So also just because you see people are in a relationship doesn't mean that it's good or healthy or successful or they see a future with this person. So you'd be surprised. So something that really helped to me is I just started romanticizing my life. I was like, what kind of life do I want to be living? This is the time for me to be selfish. This is the time for me to make all my own rules. I don't have someone to check in with. I don't have someone to look out for. Like, you are just putting yourself first, and it's a great time to be selfish. So, begin to create your dream life. Think about, like, what life you want to be living, and then really begin to create that. Of 
course you can do this with a partner and I'm not saying it's like one or the other, but like this is a time for you to fully invest in yourself. So really reframe your mindset around this instead of it being like a sad, lonely time. This is an exciting opportunity to build a deeper connection with yourself, to build a deeper social connection with people around you, people you haven't even met yet. So put yourself out there, find single friends, make new friends. It's a good time to um, really use this opportunity to find love outside of just a romantic partner. Love appears in many forms. Your love for traveling, your love for your family, your love for your friends, your love for your pets if you have that, your love for nature, your love for cooking. Begin to pour that love into hobbies and people and things that already exist in your life instead of focusing on the lack and what you don't have. I don't have the relationship. I don't have my person. I, you know, have a hard time with dating. Like, if you find that it's draining you, step away from it and put your energy into things that give you energy. That person is going to come in. This is coming from a girl who dread like I dreamed of being in a relationship and so I rushed into my first relationship for the wrong reasons I don't regret it but looking back it was just so silly for me to just think the grass was greener on the other side and once I get into the relationship I'm gonna feel whole and complete and happy but being with someone that didn't align with me because I didn't fully know myself really it really it really rocked things to be honest it was a tough relationship so live up your life be selfish and do things that you want to do don't just don't just jump into a relationship because everyone around everyone else around you is in relationships go into a relationship with intention with purpose with meaning the next question is how to bring your feminine energy back into balance after getting out of a toxic relationship and this question really hits home I have talked about my past relationships a little bit but I just want to talk about this because I think it's really relatable but just a little backstory I was in two toxic relationships one of them was like more of a situationship but I was with men who put me down who belittled me, who made me feel less than, who made me feel so insecure about the way I looked, the way that I dressed, the way that I just showed up in the world. Um, My last relationship pulled me away from everyone that I loved and everything that I loved and kept me in his circle and bubble. And so I know the feeling of being in it and knowing it's not good for me, but feeling so weak and scared to get out of it because I'm scared what's on the other side or I'm scared of discovering my power. I'm scared of actually stepping into the person that I want to become. And so the first thing that I want to say to you and to anyone who has gotten out of a toxic relationship I'm so happy for you. I'm so grateful for you. And this is just such an exciting time. Like a new chapter is opening. And as time goes on, you're going to feel that sense of relief. 
And I think sometimes we like to, like, it, it may sound like, oh, I'm just blaming the person that I was with. Oh, it was just his fault. He was a toxic one. I was also toxic and involved in that because it really brought out a dark, nasty side because I had to defend myself because I've already been through my own traumas. And so that experience is really triggering for me. And so I think with this is really beginning to tap back into you and giving yourself the love and compassion instead of judging yourself for the way that you acted instead of judging the other person looking at it from a different lens and kind of understanding it from a bigger picture perspective of this person's hurt I'm hurt they have been through traumas Um, I've been through traumas and so that begins to come out into relationships if there isn't a level of respect and solid communication between the two of you and so having compassion for your hurt self having compassion for their hurt self that that is not them at their core that is a wounded side that is being exposed and so when you understand that when that toxicity comes out there's some sort of hurt pain And really beginning to do the work to unlock what is there and analyzing why certain things happened and letting it come from a place of a judgment-free zone, not judging it, not judging the actions, not judging the things that you said. We are human. We make mistakes. And so really bringing that darkness into the light and I think most importantly, forgiving yourself, forgiving yourself for anything that you did forgiving yourself for maybe not being there for yourself, for not sticking up for yourself, for hurting someone else, whatever that it is, you know, and holding space for that, whether it's in a meditation or writing, writing a letter, just journaling, and then forgiving the other person. I am really big on not holding grudges, and the more that you hold on to anger and pain towards this person, And I'm not invalidating, like, what happened. Like, what happened. Um, Abuse is terrible, whether it's physical, verbal. I'm not excusing it. But I am saying if you want to be set free, you have to forgive the other person. Forgiveness doesn't mean, mean that we're excusing the behavior. Forgiveness just brings peace into your life. And so it's about unlocking that peace and feeling like this situation, this person, this version of yourself that you were no longer has power over you. And after doing that, like explore, step into the version of yourself that you want to become. Dress in a way that makes you feel feminine and sexy. Carry yourself in a way that makes you feminine and sexy. Like I want you to visualize who this feminine goddess is and then really beginning to embody her i want you to visualize her feel her and then show up as her and do things that are in alignment with that version of you that you want to become really using this time to be selfish this is a time for you to explore yourself to explore your femininity to care for yourself right like that's part of the feminine caring for yourself eating in a way that nourishes you, thinking in a way that nourishes you, 
working out in a way that nourishes you, having core practices that nourish you, that feel good. It's not coming from a place of punishment. I have to do this to get this result. No, I am doing this because it feels good, because it gives me energy, because it allows me to heal. So allowing yourself to play, allowing yourself to laugh, spending time with other people who are in their feminine and like letting that energy absorb you. Being with women, having that circle of friends that you feel like you can be yourself with is so healing in itself. So that's just like my main tips and advice. I'm sending whoever is going through, um, you know, a breakup or if you're in a toxic relationship, you can always reach out to me. I'm here for you. And you're not alone in this situation and you're stronger than you think. All right, next question. Best advice for moving in in with your partner? A lot of people think me and Alex live together, but we don't. Um, We actually got pretty lucky with our situation, though. And we happen to live a block away from one another. So we have our own space, but we can also be together when we want to be. My biggest tip and advice is to move in together when you're both ready. Not rushing into it, not rushing into the next step. In my last relationship, thank God we didn't move in together, but I was like rushing to move in because there was this fear of losing him. There was this pressure that I was putting on myself that like I need to grow up really quickly and start a family and get married. Jeez, I was freaking 22. Imagine how different my life would look. Like I probably wouldn't be doing anything that I was doing. And so I'm so confident in my current relationship and with Alex that we know eventually we're going to move in together and we've had various serious talks about the future and what we want and what we want our relationship to look like. And so I'm very clear and confident that we're going to be in each other's lives. So if you know you're going to be in this person's life, why are you rushing it? If you're moving in together, even for financial reasons, like, I just don't think that's the best decision. Find a roommate. Um... I love living with my best friend. Like, I'm living with my best girlfriend right now. And I want to enjoy this time. I want to enjoy all these moments. Because it's like, once you move in with that person, you don't really go backwards. Sometimes you can. Um, I've seen people do that. Like, we moved in way too early. And then we moved out and did our separate thing. And it's made our relationship better. But if you're already in a position where you are about to move in together or live together, it's really important to establish rules set boundaries, and understand how one another lives. So if you haven't already even gone on a long trip with someone, like Alex and I, we spent a whole month in Mexico and we really got a taste of what it's going to feel like when we do move in together and we live together very well. But begin to like establish rules, have conversations. Are you going to evenly split the rent? Are you evenly going to split everything like groceries and toilet paper and like all the little things, like, how are you going to do that? Like, these conversations need to happen. It's not going to naturally just figure itself out once you guys move in together. Who does the cleaning? What are your bedtimes? Like, all of these little things that you don't think matter will begin to really affect you if you don't have some sort of conversation about this. So, really talk about it now so you don't face issues down the road. Like, put everything out on paper. Because even, like, the sleeping thing, 
people argue about this all the time. Like if one per- partner wants to stay up later because they're more of a night owl, but the other partner likes to be in bed late, like by eight or nine, that can cause a lot of disagreements and arguments. And so really just beginning to understand your style of living. And yeah, that's just like my biggest advice. So really communicate everything. Okay, next question. How to deal with rejection and liking guys that don't want a relationship. Rejection is redirection. Like don't, I know it's so easy in the moment to like let that affect you, but what's hurt is your ego. It's like this person doesn't want to be with me and then you begin to internalize it. Well, is it me? Is there something wrong with me? Don't let it get there. It's their loss. It's their loss, period. Like that's what I have to say. And this person's just not the right fit for you. Like going into just like dating in general and like, ah, like looking back and like the signs were so clear that this person didn't like me. You will know. Like when you meet your person, when you meet the person that wants to be in a relationship, you will know. They will make it clear. Like that's it, period. In the beginning, like if you are feeling like this like weird energy something just like a little bit off um yeah you just like you just like have this gut feeling that they're not really into you or they don't want to spend a lot of time with you or whatever that it is there's your answer right there and so looking back you know I've dated I've dated so many guys like I said I was on the apps started at 19 and with both of my relationships they made it very clear in the early stages that they liked me and that they were committed to me. And they, I knew that they were committed based off of their actions and based off of things that they were doing. They were, we were doing very much coupley things in the beginning stages. And like, yes, I have been in situations where, you know, I was the girl, I was brought around the friends, I met the family, I you know, we did all the couple stuff, but like he never wanted the label, but he also made that clear in the very beginning, but I decided to stick with it. And yeah. So I think there are unique situations, but I think it's really apparent what a guy wants out of you, especially in the very beginning stages. I think that really just sets the stone, the I think that really sets the foundation for the relationship. And yes, like there are unique situations where, you know, sometimes it doesn't, it just doesn't work out. And then years later you reconnect, you end up getting into a relationship. But I would say generally like men know, like men know what they want and they're going to go after that. And that's something, (laughs) advice, like all my girlfriends just go to Alex for advice because it's nice hearing a man's perspective. And he's like, you'll, you'll know if a guy likes you. Like, he'll make it known. He'll bring you around his friends. He'll make sure that you guys are the only one dating and all of that. But I would say that being rejected isn't a bad thing. There's been so many times where I've been rejected and it hurt me. But I remember one time I was so proud of myself. I was like, this guy's cute. I'm going to go up to him. And I went up to him, told him he was cute. And I kind of just, like, waited there, waited for him to, like, ask for my number or whatever. Um, And he didn't. And I should have just, like, asked for his number. But anyways, that was, like, a really bold thing. I've never just, like, have gone up to a guy and 
like told him how I felt. And so I didn't leave that though. Like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. And like, you know, my friends were trying to comfort me. Like, you know, he probably has a girlfriend, probably this, probably that. I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't need to justify and validate the situation. Maybe he just wasn't into me. That's fine. But I'm proud of myself for going up and approaching a guy and letting them know how I felt. And so just know that rejection is redirection and it's just making room for those who are meant to be in your life. I remember too, like right before Alex and I got into a relationship, I was dating a few guys and it just wasn't working out. Like, this is exhausting. Just being rejected, rejected, rejected. They don't want to be in a relationship with me or they're not ready or they're not this or they're not that. Da 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 da. And like, yeah, you get to a point where you're like, is it me? Like, what's wrong with me? But it's just not the right fit and it's just not the right person. And so, be grateful for that, for just knowing that now, you know, and you're going to find your person, so. But I will say too, because I know that you said liking guys that don't want a relationship, begin to go for guys who are emotionally available. Making it clear when you are dating, I'm dating to look for a boyfriend. I'm dating to look for my husband. And I know that can be bold and people are like, oh, that might, that might scare people away. Just because you're on a date with someone and you're saying, you know, I'm dating to look for a boyfriend or I'm dating, you know, seriously to, to look for a serious relationship, you know, potential marriage. That's just the point that I'm at in my life. It doesn't have to be directed at them. And I think men begin to internalize it. Well, she means that with me. It's like, no, we're just making a general statement. Like, maybe you're not the one for us, but like, I'm letting you know. And the more that you're vocal about that, like, one, it builds respect. Two, you're clearing the path because you're weeding out the people who are maybe just looking to casually date or are just looking to hook up or they're looking for a good time, looking for a fun time, and they don't want to be around for a long time. So, being vocal if you feel like you are running into this a lot like let's say you have a dating profile and you know in one of your prompts you can just say like I'm looking to to find my potential partner I'm looking to date seriously um and I see that a lot and I've seen that with men I've had men straight up be honest with me about that and I'm just like one you're not the one and two I'm not looking for that right now. And so I think that communication is really important. I know it can feel like scary to bring that up or talk about that, but the more that you're clear about that, it's going to make your life so much easier. And that's something that I was open to about Alex. I'm just like, you know, if I get into a relationship with someone, that means that's really serious to me. Like I'm not dating just for fun anymore. I'm 27. Um, and I don't got time for that. I am a woman. I have a biological clock. So not rushing out babies right now, but like as women, there is, you know, this level of pressure. And so I think it's important to express that as well. So, all right, next question, how to ride out difficult conversations with your partner? This is a very good question. And I'm glad we're talking about this because I just want to say 
relationships are challenging. No matter what. I don't care how healthy the relationship is. It's two people coming together with different backgrounds, with different opi- with different opinions. And part of being in a serious relationship is having difficult conversations with your partner. I feel like I'm I'm learning so much in this relationship whereas in my past relationship I always was acting from a wounded place and I was very emotional about things whereas now like yes I I am a very emotional person but I can be more logical and I'm better at holding space. And so what I've learned is is your partner is going to hear you out and hold space for you no matter what. That is your partner. That is your ride or die. And so if you're with someone who can't have difficult conversations, one, they're either going to have to learn how to have the difficult conversations or else this won't, the relationship won't be successful because two, it's not going to go far. And how can you build a relationship when you can't have the tough conversations? I would say, like I said, in my last relationship, there was a lot of arguing, drama. I didn't know how to communicate. I would automatically shut down because he was so aggressive. Therefore, I was scared to talk. And then um, when he pushed me, a lot of anger came through. And so I understand the difficulty of voicing your feelings. And whenever I had a difficult conversation, like bringing something up that hurt me or talking about our future, it can feel really scary. And now in my current relationship, whenever I've had to bring up a difficult conversation, like sharing something that has really hurt me or talking about the future of our relationship, I think it can feel really scary. I think one, approaching the conversation in a calm manner, so no attacking, just this is how this made me feel, like how I'm talking right now, sitting down your partner, this is how this made me feel, or I want to talk to you about this, this is really important to me, and I just wanted to let you know. I want to keep the communication open, I don't want to hold any grudges or resentment towards you, so that's why I'm bringing it up to you. And then two, you then work through the problem together. It's not the two of you against each other. It's the two of you coming together as a team, you are a team, and working through the issue. So if you've hurt your partner or vice versa, you share both where you're coming from and you figure out a solution and then you move on. You don't hold grudges. Your partner loves you and just know the difficult conversations happen in all relationships and they truly strengthen the bond that you two have. Every single talk that Alex and I have had, it's made us a stronger person and I'm someone who from a very young age, have been taught not to communicate my feelings. And so when I do, it's really hard for me and I've gotten, you know, I'm getting better at it. But I remember the first time I had to sit down Alex and share something that hurt me, I cried for 10 minutes because I just didn't know how to say it. And so I think even that's okay. And like for anyone who has a hard time communicating or a hard time sharing or a hard time sharing how someone's made you feel because like my fear is well what if I hurt his feelings what if 
I upset him? What if, like, whatever, like, my mind just spirals down the what if, and so then I hold on to it, but holding on to it is just going to make me resent this person, and so there's a lot of times where I'll, you know, want to talk to my boyfriend about something, and I'll cry at first. I'll just, like, have to cry because I'm scared. It's like my inner child is coming out in that moment because she was so scared as a child because I wasn't given the space to communicate my feelings. And a lot of times when I did, I was, you know, sometimes I got the response that was really great. Or sometimes I got a response where I was put down for my feelings or put down for the way that I was acting or I was just put in timeout. And so, um, yeah, I feel like your inner child really comes through when you have those difficult conversations. But I think, too, something that Alex and I have established is a safe word. And so when we get into a dis- when we get into a disagreement about something, we're like, well, I saw it this way and I saw it that way. I think we can both come to the common ground where it's like, I'm sorry if I made you feel that way, but I, it, I'm having a difficult time seeing where you're coming from and sometimes that's just like the reality of relationships like you can't always understand and grasp why they're feeling a certain way but you can sympathize with them and so we just have a safe word when we feel like we have a difficulty finding a common ground with something we'll just say souffle like that's our safe word we're like souffle because we know that going on and on and on and on and on about the situation isn't going to change things as long as we can come to an apology forgive each other learn from our actions learn from our behavior and move on and grow and learn together um that's the most important part but yeah like i think that a lot of times people get scared when there's differences differences in opinions um that it's like this bad thing that you always have to be on the same page with everything and truth is like you won't be and that's okay doesn't mean you guys aren't a good fit but it's like can you work through it together that's the most important part do you guys have respect for one another do you have respect for this person's opinions and feelings um so yeah i think also establishing a safe word has been uh, it's a new thing that we invited into our relationship and Alex actually brought that up and I was like, I, I like that. That's a really good idea. So if you want to steal that, please go ahead. It's It's been really great having that. Okay, the next question is bringing in aligned partnerships. Having gone through so many shifts and being deeply rooted in myself now feels so good, but not seeing a lot of men who are. Um, so I think this is a really good question because I felt this a lot and you know when I was going through I think we we go through transitions right we go through healing we go through you know doing the work and if you're someone who is into self-improvement evolving growing shifting um it can be really challenging to almost find people around you especially a partner who is in alignment with you who is in alignment with you and the best advice that i've been given is 
write down a list of qualities that you want out of someone. Like, who is this person? Like, who do you want to be dating? And then begin to show up as this person. Because like, like invites in like. Energies match, right? You want to be on the same frequency as this person. I'm also a big believer in divine timing. And so I would say even just looking, I know I keep bringing up my current relationship, but you know, I'm just sharing my experience. But when I look at my relationship with Alex, we actually met six months prior to us dating. And this is why I say alignment, divine timing, like everything is working out for you. And sometimes you can't see that right now. And so when we met, I was like, because I was seeing another guy at the time when I met him, I was like, shoot, I'm dating the wrong person. I was like, damn, this sucks. But, you know, I, I, I forgot about it. Like, I forgot about him. Life went on. And so in between that time when we met to the point where we started dating, I went through some of the biggest healing period of my entire life. I was doing deep, deep work within myself, within healing from past relationships and trauma and sexual trauma and, um, you know, just really deep stuff around love and relationships. And then after getting out of that, I was, then we, we reconnected and it was divine. Like, and, and everything that he went through, he was doing a lot of self-work in between that time. And working through past stuff and past relationship stuff. And so timing really is everything. And I think it's also just like trusting. Trusting and knowing that your person's going to come. They're going to come in at a moment in your life where when it just makes sense. And so it'll make sense when it happens. You'll be like, oh, okay, like now I get it. And I feel like you hear this a lot. But just have so much confidence and trust that this person is going to be coming into your life. So why even stress or worry? They're on the way. They're on the way. And I think when you just establish that mindset, there isn't that fear and that anxiety there. I really just got to a point in my dating life where I was like, I just feel it. I just feel he's, he's coming. And I felt it. And he did come. And it was like, get that connected where you can feel it. And so I think too, when 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 we're talking about bringing in aligned partnerships, really beginning to spend time around people who are in alignment with you. Because that's where you might meet a person is, you know, if you're into going to yoga or if you're into wellness or whatever that it is that you enjoy doing making sure that you're spending time in those spaces and just like going in with like an affirmation of like I open myself up I open myself up to meeting people I open myself up to men I open myself up to a partnership I open my I just begin to open myself up and like setting that intention each time you go out and that will really begin to shift things energetically and also just going into to dating, like really beginning to just date guys who are on the right track, that track that you're on. 
And when I was going through that big healing shift and journey or whatever we want to call it, each guy that I was dating was bringing me closer and closer and closer to my person. Although they fully weren't the qualities and the things that I was looking for, they still embody things that I wanted and that I want. And so I'd always be like, you know what? Like, this isn't my person, but like, happy thank you more, please. Like, thank you, universe, for for hearing me. Like, you know what I want and I'm showing you that. And so just because you go on a date with someone, they're not your person, doesn't mean it's a failure. What it's showing you is there are guys out there who have the qualities that you are looking for. Maybe it's not this person, but we're getting just one step closer. So that's kind of just like my main tips and advice and really just visualizing this person. I really believe in the power of visualization and the impact that it can have and how it can really begin to speed up the process because I was doing a lot of that work before I met Alex. I was visualizing. I was um, getting really clear on who it is that I want and I was being tested a lot. Like, I think that might be something that you may be experiencing right now, but there were a, a few guys that came back from my past during the same time frame I reconnected with Alex and I was like whoa like this is interesting it almost feels like a test because one person's from my past who it was just like a difficult relationship but it was also an easy route because I knew he was into me and I was like if I choose him I'm just playing it safe I'm just playing it comfortable I know I deserve better and so sometimes you're going to be tested people are going to come back from your past. You may meet someone new who reflects, um, you know, a similar relationship that you have with your past. Like, are you going to go back to what is familiar and what is comfortable or do you know your worth and you know that there is better out there? And so I rejected all those options because I knew what I deserved and I knew my worth. Whereas in the past, I felt like it was really easy for me to fall back into old dating patterns with men. So even just like recognizing the patterns in your relationships that you don't like and really making sure that you're not repeating that when you do decide to date someone or even being intimate with someone like sex is such a sacred thing and so really just being mindful of who you're inviting in just really beginning to be intentional with every little thing that you do so I hope that advice was helpful. I know some things are probably a little bit all over the place, but that's just something that I have really learned with my journey and just like remaining so confident and in the belief that this person's on the way. They're on the way. They're on the way. We get so sucked into like, I need to do more work. I need to be doing more. Having the mindset of it, it, they're on the way. They're on the way, period. Okay. Next question is, best way to process a breakup? First of all, I'm so sorry. It is such a bittersweet feeling. I always say breakups are the best thing that can happen. I always say breakups are the best and the worst thing that can happen. Because, yes, you are mourning, you are grieving, you feel the pain, but heartbreak shows you how deeply you can love and that's a really beautiful thing because I know people who have never been in a relationship because they're scared to get their heart broken 
which also means they've never been in love. And being in love and loving another person is one of the most beautiful things, like human connection. And building that intimacy with someone is incredible. However, getting out of it is, it's scary. Like, the future can feel scary, but the world is your oyster. Like, really allow yourself to feel the feels, reflect on the relationship, reflect on their wrongs and the things that you liked, reflect on your wrongs and things that you liked about yourself and how you showed up in that relationship. You can really learn a lot from this, so I really want you to analyze everything that you've learned and then also allowing yourself to feel, allowing yourself to be sad, allowing yourself to cry, allowing yourself to be angry. Think, especially as women, it's so easy for us to not let us let ourselves get angry. Be pissed. Go in an alley. Break some shit. Like, I encourage that because as women, we've been taught we need to just, you know, hold it together and look presentable and look this and look that. We're human beings. We feel and feel those feelings deeply because the more that you get that out of you, the more that you heal and the more that you recover, the more that that process just speeds up. And then pour love into yourself, into the people around you. Allow yourself to really explore who it is that you want to become, this new version of yourself that you want to become. Discover what life you want to be living. Like, have your eat, pray, love moment, you know? Live the life that you want to live. Do things that make you happy. Spend time with people that, you know, make you feel happy, that bring so much joy and love into your life. Explore the world. Try new hobbies. Start a business. Like, do whatever. That was the one thing that I did out of my relationship is I poured all of my pain and all of that energy into creative outlets. That's how I started She's Plant Based. That's, you know, when I started building this platform and I started my coaching business, like it all came from a place of hurt, but I've turned it into such a beautiful thing. And so a breakup can really set up the foundation for the next chapter in your life. Just don't let it consume you and like define your worth and define who you are and like get set up sucked into like the what ifs and this and that and da 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 like it is what it is life happens shit happens but we have to learn how to feel and then move on and pull ourselves together so that's kind of just like my main tips and advice but just know that you're forever going to look back at this moment and just be so proud of yourself for how you carried yourself and how you responded to it. All right, I'm just going to be answering a few more questions. I know that this is getting long, but um, so I thought this question was really sweet. The question is, what made you stick to your boyfriend? Like, essentially just why I picked him. And I think the first thing that really stood out to me, like I said, when I met him, there was just, I was just drawn to him. I was like, I don't know what it is, but I like his energy, I like the way that he carries himself, conversation's good, 
I was immediately drawn in. But, um, like I said, we, we met and then we, I was seeing someone else at the time and we went a few months without seeing each other and we kept running into each other, but nothing really ever happened. Um, and then our friend, our mutual friend set up like a group thing and with a bunch of like guys and girls and we all hung out and Alex was obviously there and it was just like this test. I'm just like, all right. Because at the time, there was another guy who was interested in me there. I was like, I'm just going to see. I'm going to see what Alex does. And so he, like, made it known that he wanted to to get to know me. When he arrived to, it was like a wine night. When he arrived, he sat right next to me. He said hi to me. We talked. And he was by my side the entire night. And so I was like, all right, this guy likes me. And so just from the start, he has always made it known that he wants me and so that's obviously really attractive and sexy but what has really drawn me to him is just you know who he is as a person obviously he's so kind and compassionate loving caring I feel so safe and comfortable around him like that's something that I really noticed immediately like he has very masculine energy like you just feel so taken care of and so comforted by him in his presence and a lot of people says say this about him like you just feel so comfortable around him like he makes everyone feel welcome and a big feeling that I felt is early on to our relationship or us dating he just felt like home which is how I knew he was the one um I've just, I've never felt confused about how I felt about him. Of course, it was like, you know, in the beginning stages, you're still kind of like figuring it out. But, you know, it took me around like three months to really be like, okay, like, this is my person. Like, I really see a future with him. He even showed me in, in the early stages that he was interested in me. We never texted. He never love bombed me. And looking back, like, that was a lot of red flags in relationships or just like dating is they think by texting or giving you all these compliments and love bombing you that like that's enough to keep you interested and in the past that worked for me and like the biggest thing that I noticed is I wasn't getting like good morning texts like hello gorgeous or you know um texting me 24 7 if you wanted to see me and talk to me he would just come see me in person. Like, I'd be working in a coffee shop. He'd come over and, like, bring me food. Or, you know, during his breaks or after work, he would just, like, FaceTime me. He would be like, let me pick you up. Like, let's go get some food. Like, was always making it known that he wanted to see me and spend time with me versus this BS texting. And then, like, you know, you see the guy once every three weeks, you know? I also love how intentional he is with everything. The decisions he makes the way that he thinks. So I just knew that him spending that much time with me definitely meant something because he wouldn't just be wasting his time. But for me too, I have a very hard time opening up to men. And like I said, I've always felt so comfortable around him. And immediately, like I was opening up to him a lot and like obviously over time, not right in the beginning. Um, So that was something that was like, okay, this this is a big deal. Like, I don't, I don't do this with a lot of guys. 
and our lives have meshed well together. We have similar interests. Like, yes, we're different, but we're also similar in some ways. Everything just flowed and was so effortless in the beginning and obviously still is. Like, things just worked. Whereas in the past, like, things always felt off, messy, and confusing. But with him, things have always felt so clear and have just made sense. Like I said, I knew when I was going to see him and talk to him, there wasn't like this big question mark. Like there wasn't this anxiety. I just knew. He's also really has allowed me to be my my feminine more. And this is something we talk about a lot is how I'm more my feminine and how I can be in that space and how it feels so good for me to be in that space because it can really show up as my true self in a relationship and I think that's really important like I have nothing to hide I'm fully me and he's fully him and I also just love the way that he communicates I haven't been with someone who is just so level-headed and calm and a good listener and that's really new to me because I've been in just like toxic relationships whereas like I can approach him with something and he doesn't get super offended or defensive like he's not toxic in that way and so that's obviously something that has really stood out to me and has like he's changed my attachment style you know people say oh your attachment style is kind of your attachment style I have more of a secure attachment style because of him I am a better communicator because of him like he's helped me grow so much and has helped me become a better woman and we also push each other like we challenge each other we want each other to be our best selves and he's always encouraging me to you know go after my hobbies or to go after go after certain things and vice versa we really just like want to see the best for each other and he really is my best friend but also you know my partner in life really grateful for him okay the next question is how to find time for relationships when so busy? When you meet the person that's meant to be in your life, you're going to make time for them. That's just like the reality. I used to say the same thing. I'm like, I'm so busy. I can barely take care of myself. Da 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 da. And then comes along my boyfriend and we just made things work. Yes, I have less time with myself. And it scared me in the beginning because I'm like, damn, I'm not going to have enough time to do everything. But I think it comes down to being more mindful and intentional with your time. I think when you get into a relationship, it makes you just really be more intentional about every little thing that you're doing. Because in the past, like, you know, I was going out a lot and I was, you know, I I can't even like think of other examples of things that I was doing before. I met my boyfriend, but yeah, things are just going to change and, like, that's okay. And you're going to have to learn to work around two different schedules. We're in a really amazing position where we're both work from home. He has more of a a structured schedule because he's in sales and has meetings and all that stuff, whereas, like, it's pretty easy for me to move things around, but I do have more structure. I work during the day. I don't work at night. Um, So I have my own system and way of doing things, but we make time for each other. We both enjoy going to the gym. So instead of like 
working towards certain goals by ourselves or working on it together. So we both go to the gym together. That allows us to spend time together. We cook dinner together. And so beginning to just do things with your person, it's going to flow. Like when I was saying earlier, like something that's really stood out to me is our lives have just mesh well together. Everything just works. When he sleeps over, I'm like, I'm going to go do my morning routine. He's going to do his thing. Like, we don't have to be doing the same exact thing. And then as well as, like, setting boundaries, like, knowing when you need time for yourself, when you want to spend time with your girlfriends. Like, it is a really interesting thing to balance. Because I will say in the beginning, I was putting a lot of my energy into him and I wasn't putting as much energy into myself and as much energy into my relationships. And so I've learned how to just try to balance all of it. I use that word loosely because I don't have everything balanced and I don't want to make it sound like everything is perfect. Um, And like, that's okay. Like, I'm not hard on myself. I don't put pressure on myself. Sometimes certain things are a priority over others. But I will say when I've noticed that things just weren't working, when things weren't flowing, when I'm busy and he's busy and it's just not working... There was a greater reason and to me we weren't just we weren't meant to be whereas now it's like we're both extremely busy hard-working driven people and we've made it work that's just life and i just like think about this too it's like well i think we get caught up into this idea of like oh we're so busy and it only gets busier i feel like you know you get into a relationship now you have someone else to think about but think you have to think about someone else's time. And then you, you know, let's say you decide to get married and you then have kids and like that means there's more or less time and a busier schedule. And so I think it just begins to change and you you learn how to adapt. Like that's kind of like my point is you'll eventually adapt, right? You'll adapt this new way of living and existing with this person. Yes, it can be challenging. Yes, you're going to face challenges. Yes, you're going to face conflict, but in the end, like, you're gonna make it work and it should be effortless. I wouldn't stress too much about that. Like, how am I gonna find a boyfriend or how am I gonna find a relationship if I'm so busy? Learn how to make the time, make sacrifices, make little changes to invite in time to date, to invite in time to um, spend more time with someone if you like them. And it's gonna require some sacrifices, of course, but you have to just get clear on like, is this person, is it worth it? If yes, amazing. If no, there's your answer. Okay, and the final question is, how do you overcome moral morals, values, beliefs, etc. with your partner if it's even possible? To be honest, when I think it comes down to morals and values, I don't think much changes. As well as with as well as certain beliefs. Um, Just from my past experience, a lot of this is just based off of my own experience, is I was in a relationship where we had different beliefs and we couldn't make it work. But that's because there also wasn't respect. I was dating someone who was religious and I wasn't, but I made it clear from the start I wasn't going to convert. And then he claimed to be okay with it. And then five months into our relationship, I find out it's a deal breaker. And he was like, I thought I can convert you. Um, So 
he thought he could change me, which obviously I was like, all right, this relationship is automatically a no. You shouldn't want to change your partner. And so that's a big thing too, right? When you have different morals, values, beliefs, I think it's fine to have conversations about certain things, right? And maybe just like question and maybe challenge your partner's beliefs, but never putting them down or making them feel bad for the way that they think or the way that they were raised or the way the the things that they believe in. I have full respect for everyone and their different beliefs and values and morals. However, like obviously it's different when you are in a relationship with someone and you're trying to make a relationship work. I will say though, like I was, I was happy to make it work in my last relationship, but for him, he had to be with someone who's religious and there was just no way around it. The relationship had to end and ended for several other reasons as well. But I don't think that this is always a deal breaker. I think that you can make things work. I've seen it with family. I've seen it with friends who are now happily married. I think you just have to have the tough conversations and make sure you're on the same page. And if you're willing to make this work, I've seen this work more so for beliefs. So if you two have different beliefs and you can come to an agreement where you both have respect for each other, then that's great. But I've seen it where if you don't have the same belief, then it's just not going to work. In terms of morals and values, I do believe that you have to have similar morals and values. I think that's the foundation to a relationship. In my current relationship, we have similar values and morals, which is why we work so well together. We're different in a lot of ways, but we also are similar. We also have different beliefs in terms of God and what spirituality means to each of us. And we've had a lot of deep conversations about this and respect each other for our beliefs. There's some similarities in that, but there's also some big differences in that. Um, But neither of us are religious, which I think also helps and again another reason why it works if you're someone who's religious but you're dating someone you know let's say who's atheist I think that can be challenging also in terms of when you have kids how like you're gonna have different parenting styles you're gonna have different beliefs and again like this isn't uh I don't think it's a deal breaker but I think it comes down to what is important for the two of you and having those conversations. Sometimes, you know, you can love someone, but it doesn't mean that you're meant to be together. And I think that can be a tough pill to swallow. And maybe for anyone who feels like they're facing difficulties, like that may be the outcome for you. Like maybe just being together and building a family isn't meant for us, but the love that we have for each other is so strong. Um, but again, like I have a close, you know, my, one of my family members, she's married, has two kids. She's more spiritual and religious and her husband like literally doesn't believe in God. 
and they've made it work and they've raised their kids to think freely and all of that and so again it just comes down to the two of you I think at the end of the day, it's, like, too hard to generalize this and say it will work or it won't work because I've seen some very unique situations work. However, in terms of values and morals, I do believe that they have to be, they have to be similar because it's really hard to see eye to eye on certain things, etc., etc. Um, but yeah, I think it comes down to the two of you navigating this space and talking about what is important to you, so... I hope that was helpful. I feel like that was a little vague, but, um, you know, don't let this like intimidate you or scare you because even in my current relationship, we have different beliefs in terms of like a higher power and what God means to us and, and all this stuff. And I put myself in a box where I was like, I only want to date someone who thinks exactly like I do. But it's been really eye-opening dating someone who doesn't think and believe in certain things the way that I do. And so it's made me question my beliefs, not in a bad way, but like in a positive way of like, well, why do I believe this? Why do I think this is right? Why do I think all of this? And so it's really invited in some good conversations. So just because you guys have differences also doesn't have to mean a bad thing. It could also be a big growing and learning experience for the two of you. So don't like completely shut the door. And this is for anyone, even for dating. Like don't completely shut the door. I see a lot of friends and even myself, I put myself in a box. I can only date this kind of guy. And if someone marks off a lot of the boxes, but then there's like one thing you guys don't see eye to eye on in terms of a belief, then it, it doesn't have to be a deal breaker. Like, you can work through things. People do change. Um, it just depends on the individual and the relationship that you guys have and what's important. So, yeah, that's just, like, my little two cents. But thanks for listening to today's episode. I had so much fun reading through all the questions, answering them, giving them a ma- giving sharing my advice, my thoughts, my opinions... If you like this episode, please go ahead and follow the podcast if you're not following it for updates. I post every other Tuesday. Skip last Tuesday, skip this past Tuesday because of the holiday, so I uploaded on a Wednesday, but generally I'm on every other Tuesday. Excited to be podcasting again. If you like this episode or any episodes, please share it with a friend, post on your story, share it on your social media platforms. It really helps me out so much. It allows the podcast to grow and also just hearing feedback from you is really beneficial and helpful and just makes me better at what I do. So I appreciate any feedback that you give me and I will talk to you soon.